The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud shout, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. We celebrate the great solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary into heaven, body, and soul at the end of her life. Before I get to the actual feast, though, I'd like to just comment on that Gospel, the Visitation, and how it applies to us, particularly now. Notice what's happening. Two women are pregnant. Mary, who's a very young teenager, and her older cousin Elizabeth. Both would be in a bit of a difficult situation, Mary for sure, because she would have been perhaps criticized or looked askance by some of her home's people because she was only pledged to be married to Joseph, and here she was pregnant. Elizabeth was an older woman. She had been barren up until this point. So notice what Mary does. She goes with haste to her older cousin Elizabeth, first of all, to tell the good news of what the angel had disclosed to her, that she bore the Son of God in her womb, but also to help her older cousin Elizabeth. Notice that when the Annunciation happened, when the angel came to Mary, it was the sixth month referring to Elizabeth's pregnancy. Then it says that Mary stayed for three months. So she stayed right to the birth of John the Baptist. Why was that? Because she wanted to be there to help her older cousin. And in particular with the birth and all of the labor pains, she wanted to be present. And when she arrives, something wonderful happens. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth says, referring to Mary, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. 
those would be comforting words to hear from her older cousin, affirming what Mary already knew in her heart. So we have these two women helping each other through a challenging time. Now, what are we doing here in Sarnia with our family of parishes? We have been given a task by our bishop, and he has discerned, this is the action of the Holy Spirit, that we are to give birth to a new family of parishes. This is something completely new. And we will be definitely going through some labor pains of our own, and perhaps growing pains as well in the future, because this is so different. And yet it's a wonderful opportunity that's been given to us. So the reason I mention this is that we can learn from these two women who really helped each other during this very difficult period. And that's what we're called to do, just like Elizabeth, to say affirming words to one another. And like the Blessed Virgin Mary, to go with haste to visit our brothers and sisters in these other parishes, because it's all now one family. We're called to do that because we need to comfort one another, to build one another up for the task that we have, which is to give birth in Sarnia to Jesus Christ more present and visible in our culture at a time of great difficulty for the culture. So we need each other. And these two women really give us a wonderful lesson in how they saw this wonderful opportunity to help each other. Well, now let's move to the actual Feast of the Assumption. One of the difficulties that our separated brothers and sisters have, now I'm talking about non-Catholics, is that particularly for those who are under the impression that it's only through Scripture that God reveals himself. And they have difficulty seeing where in Scripture does it say that Mary, the mother of God, is assumed body and soul into heaven. Now, we have beautiful readings here today that give the answer, because it's right here. And let me begin with the Gospel. Now, this is tricky, but it's very deliberate. What we have by Luke is a deliberate attempt to make a parallel between the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, that's in 2 Samuel, especially when David brings the Ark into the house of God, and the visitation of Mary to her cousin Elizabeth. Luke is linking these two so that we can understand that Mary is the true Ark of the Covenant. I'll just go through some of the parallels, and if you go back and read the Gospel afterwards, you'll see this very clearly. First of all, the Ark of the Covenant has the glory of the Lord come down upon it when it's in the tabernacle and then later in the temple. That Shekinah glory cloud overshadows the ark. In Luke chapter 1, at the Annunciation, the Holy Spirit comes down upon the Blessed Virgin Mary and overshadows her so that she knows this is from God. And that's when she hears the voice saying, you will give birth to the Son of God and the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. So there's one parallel. Then David, when he brings the ark, goes to the hill country of Judea and then brings the ark into Jerusalem. So he goes to the hill country of Judah. 
In Luke chapter 1, today's gospel, the Blessed Virgin Mary arose with haste and goes to the hill country of Judea to enter the house of Elizabeth. A very direct parallel. When David comes into the presence of the Ark of the Covenant, he exclaims in a loud voice, How can the Ark of the Lord come to me? That's in 2 Samuel. In Luke chapter 1, when the Blessed Virgin Mary enters Elizabeth's presence, Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting, and she exclaims in a loud voice, Why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? Here's another parallel. David danced before the Ark of the Covenant, shouting with great joy. What does John the Baptist do? He leaps in Elizabeth's womb at the sound of Mary's voice. And Elizabeth cries out with a loud shout. Another direct parallel. Finally, the Ark of the Covenant remains in the hill country in the house of Obed-Edom for three months. That's in 2 Samuel. What do we hear in today's Gospel? The Blessed Virgin Mary remained with Elizabeth three months. Now that's deliberate on Luke's part. He wants us to understand that Mary is the Ark of the Covenant. Now remember what happened in the Old Testament. When the Babylonians were coming to destroy the temple, Jeremiah the prophet took the Ark of the Covenant out of the temple and hid it on Mount Nebo. He didn't want it to fall into the hands of the Babylonians. And it says in 2 Maccabees, one of the Old Testament books, that it would not be found until the glory cloud of the Lord returned at the time of the Messiah. Well, what happens at the Annunciation? The glory cloud returns and hovers over Mary. Now, the reason this is important is because of the first reading from the book of Revelation. St. John, who wrote the book of Revelation, has a vision of heaven. And the very first thing he says in today's first reading is that in God's temple, there was the Ark of the Covenant. So the first thing he sees is the Ark of the Covenant. And then the very next verse, he says, there was a woman in heaven, clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, crown of 12 stars, she was pregnant, about to give birth. So here, St. John links the Ark of the Covenant in heaven directly with Mary. This is Mary in heaven, body and soul. It's right in the scriptures. So this is very clear. Now, she's in battle too. Mary is battling this great red dragon who's just waiting for the child to be born so he can consume the child. But what did happen with Mary when she gave birth to Christ? The great red dragon was there waiting to destroy Jesus. Remember Herod? Herod wanted Jesus dead. And he killed all the newborn males to and under in Bethlehem to achieve that purpose. And Mary had to flee to the wilderness, just as we hear in today's first reading. That's what happened in the vision. So there's the scriptural evidence, right, plain for us to see. Mary is in heaven, body and soul. There's many other arguments, but the homily won't go on for too long, so I'll just cut it off there. What's the implication for all of this? How does this apply to us today? Well, the woman of Revelation, Mary, also refers to, according to the scholars, the church, the Holy Mother Church. 
you and I. The Blessed Virgin Mary is our spiritual mother, and we being her children, share in her mission. We're called to give birth to Jesus in our culture. That's why I began the homily with referencing our family of parishes. This is our opportunity to give birth to Jesus in a new way. And it's great that we can implore Mary for her prayers. Now, we can do this in many ways by our thoughts, our words, our actions. Every time we forgive someone who hurt us, we are giving birth to Jesus. Every time we say a kind word, an affirming word, like Elizabeth said to Mary, we're giving birth spiritually to Jesus. And we're in a spiritual battle. We can always say no. Just like Mary had that decision to make when the angel came to her at the Annunciation and offered her this proposal. She could have, like the first Eve, said no. But she said yes. She reverses Eve's no. Mary is the new Eve. And she is now in heaven. That gives us hope. That's the other implication. Mary is in heaven praying for us. She's the great warrior queen in heaven, praying for us and the success of our family of parishes. She's praying for us. She's helping us to say yes to God. So that's just some of the implications of our feast. We have great amounts to rejoice in. We thank God for all he is doing. Let's make this family of parishes really count so that people from generations from now will look back on this time and say, this was a transition, and this is what turned things around. And let's affirm one another, hold each other up in prayer, visit one another, and don't say, well, this is my parish, and they're over there in that parish. No, we're all now one family. There may be some growing pains, labor pains, that's fine. God will be with us, and we have the Blessed Virgin Mary praying for us.